Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. The Bible says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Somebody say, wake up. Oh, no, no, no. You're not ready yet. Somebody say, wake up. up. See, it's time for us to wake from our sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. And I tell you right now that we, this word, Apostle Paul, is speaking prophetically to the day that we're living in right now. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on. Somebody say, I got to put it on. Let us put on the armor of light. Praise God. Verse 13 says, let us walk properly. As in the day, not in reverie. That's, that's wild partying. So if you're still out there wild, doing wild partying, then, then you need to get your little self together. And drunkenness. You shouldn't be drunk. <laughs> Unless you're drunk in the spirit. Amen. Not in lewdness. Uh, same word for perversion. I don't have to even get into that. And lust. We all know what that is because every man is drawn away by his own lust. You can never say the devil made me do it, and God didn't make you do it. Every man is drawn away by their own lust. You did it because you wanted to. Why y'all so quiet in here? Y'all got really quiet. Why y'all so quiet? It's okay. You can talk back to me. I'm in the same boat, too. I did what I wanted to do because I wanted to do it. The devil didn't make me do it. I did it because I like doing it. Amen? that, That whiskey bottle kept telling me to do it. No, it was me. It wasn't that whiskey. Praise God. The just, (laughs) not in strife and envy, verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Thank you for the reading of your word, Father. Right now, this is your church. These are your people, and I am your friend. I ask you to let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, to write on the hearts of your people, to prepare them, to encourage them, to lift them up. For it is... your word that says that you've given us the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher for one reason, one reason only. That's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So I pray that the people of God will be edified to do the work today in Jesus name. Somebody said uh, if you were to write down a title of the message, I, I'm not I, I am not coming here to preach this morning. But I do want to just share some things out of my heart, just like I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but if you were to write down, down the title of this message, the title is actually posed as a question, are you ready for what's coming? Are you ready for what's coming? There's a story of a man, he was on a job quite like we are on our job sometimes. And, and uh, I happen to work on a, in a high rise on the 35th floor, so I get to see a very beautiful picture of our city. It's, it's gorgeous. And uh, this particular man, sometimes like I do, I don't mean to do it, but it's just sometimes you just view out of the window and you just like, your mind just goes sometimes and it's like you're aimlessly just looking out the window. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that do that. <laughs> so anyway, so this particular man was doing that and he was just not working. So he was just, just looking out the window, just staring in nothingness and not knowingly his boss came up behind him and he asked him, he said, why aren't you working? Uh-huh, yeah, how some bosses can do. And without hesitation, 
And without thought, the man said, because I didn't see you coming. <laughs> yeah, he said, I didn't see you coming. You see, saints of God, if the church continues to aimlessly look out into the cultural mores of what's going on, we might miss what's coming. That's why we have to wake up and do the work. We don't have time to be peering and we don't have time to be distracted. We don't have time to get caught up in a lot of the things that the world will have us caught up into. We have to make sure that we are doing the work so that we can be prepared for what's coming. Amen. Somebody say, I don't know, but I know something's coming. See, Psalms 33:12 gives us a beautiful picture about what's going on for a nation. It says these words, Psalms 33, verse 12, it says, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Let me just say that a little slower. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Now, uh, conversely so, if you, you, if you turn that around, then cursed is a nation who, who does not have God as their Lord. See, God cannot lie. See, see, it doesn't say that God does not lie. It says that God cannot lie. See, we can lie. I can lie. It's easy for me to lie. I, I used to be a good liar. Come on, there's, a, there's some lying jokers up in here right now. Come on. Y'all looking at me like that. Right, come on. And when you are a liar, you just, you just tell lies. And then you got to tell a lie to cover a lie. And then you got to tell another lie to cover that lie, right, right? And then all of a sudden, you get caught up in your own lies. Then you don't even know what's true anymore because you've been lying so long. Come on, anybody else been like that? You used to be. That was B.C., B.C., before Christ, right? How many other fellow liars I got? Hey, praise God. I got a quickening on that one right there. I got some fellow liars in the house. See, when, 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 when you used to, if you ran the streets like I ran the streets, then you had to tell some lies. Because you ain't doing nothing but fronting anyway, right? Why y'all all up in my grits? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you start talking about a nation to be blessed, there's one way for a nation to be blessed, and that's for God to be over that nation. That's one of the major reasons why if you do a study on our founding documents, which I did because I didn't know what was all in our founding documents, so I did a, a study on it to find out what was in the original documents and why did they word those documents like they did. Why is it that 34% of those founding documents come from Scripture? Because they left tyranny so that they can come to America and away from a, 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 a king that was over everything to come to freedom. Hello. So those documents determine, is that God? Did you guys hear that? Boy, I thought we was getting ready to jet up out of here. Woo-hoo! There'll be no more weeping, no more crying anymore. Praise God. He said, I'll wipe away every tear. Oh, God. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm coming back. Don't be doing that to me. Woo, I was getting ready to go see Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Now, let me get back. So, so that means that America, who personally I don't believe is a Christian nation anymore. If we were, we wouldn't be making the decisions and the choices that we're making. 
Now, according to our Constitution, there is supposed to be separation of powers. So let me just teach you a moment about our Constitution. There is supposed to be separation of powers. The Supreme Court does not have the authority, according to our Constitution, to make laws. They have the authority to write opinions, not make laws. Our president does not have the authority to make laws. Only the legislative branch make laws, the president approve them or not. So we're already going against our Constitution, and we're already now, we got too much power in areas that does not, have to, that does not need that power because they're abusing that power. When you have people that are appointed for a lifetime, not by us, but they're making decisions that we have to live by. How far we have fallen. Do you still think that we're a Christian nation? You're fooling yourself if you think so. Throughout the scriptures, I have noticed a pattern of epic proportions when a nation that is built on godly principles turn away from God. Every time I have studied the word of God, when there was supposed to be a godly group of people who turned away from God, there was always colossal ramifications. Uh, there was always an enemy that would come in and, and just take the people. Uh, we can go back to the original people that came out of Egypt. Every time they had a stiff neck and every time they moved away from God, there were things that would begin to happen to them. There would be sickness that would happen to them. There would always be something that would happen to them. And then when you go to the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar, God warned the people through Ezekiel. He warned the people through Isaiah. He he warned the people through all the other prophets and the people said, we don't want to hear what you got to say, man of God, because what you're saying means that I got to change my lifestyle and my behaviors and the way that I live. And they continue to preach God and say, you need to turn your life around or something is coming. Are you ready for what's coming? And little did they know that the Babylonians came in and they took them out of Jerusalem. And for 70 years they were slaves. Could that happen today? Every time when a nation went back on not following God, something happened. Has God changed? And if God does not change then who needs to do the changing well if God judged the people then what is going to prevent God from judging America today when America has even moved away from the founding documents of being a Christian nation uh, it does not matter if in society it feels good then I do it uh, and I'm not just talking about what you think. I'm, I'm not just talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about sin. Because, see, the problem that we're dealing with today is not racism. The problem is sin. If you get rid of the sin, there would be no racist. For the Bible says it like this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. If you take the sin out, then you got righteousness in. So when you got preachers talking about gun control rather than talking about sin, then you're, you're already off. That's right. Because if you're not going to deal with the sin, you're wasting your time. 
Because that's where God sees and we have to see like God sees. And so we got to set our minds on things above and not on this earth. So right now, saints of God, Jesus gives us clear warnings concerning what's coming. Let's turn very quickly to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23. I hope this means something to you today. And I pray that you're getting something out of this. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23. When you get there, say, I have it. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. I wonder how many times, I wonder how many times God has to come to somebody with his arms out, just like Jesus gives this beautiful analogy. It's a metaphor. He's saying, I, I had my arms out, and I wanted to, to bring you in under my covering, but you were not willing to come. You probably work with people. You probably have people in your family. You see the destructive behavior that they're operating in. You see, you already see the path that they're on. And you already know that it's nothing but destruction going to happen at the end. And I believe truly most Christians, when they talk to people who live in a different type of lifestyle, it doesn't matter if they're fornicating or committing adulterous affairs or whatever it is, any type of perversive behavior, you actually are trying to save them from what's going to happen. I mean, maybe, maybe we don't say it right. Maybe our facial expressions are not always right. Maybe our hand gestures are not always right. And maybe our tone is not always right. But I truly believe that as a Christian, you, you really, you really want to try to help people. And yes, sometimes people take how we say things the wrong way. And, and sometimes our tone can come across as being judgmental. But I believe that the, but, but the basic foundation of what we're trying to do is you're trying to help somebody. And I ask God to help me to talk to people and not allow what I see to affect my love for people. This is what I pray for because I need help in that area. Because I can see the direction of some people and I can see the pathway that they're going down and I want to help them. Please don't go down that pathway. It would be almost as if, okay, there's a sign. You're driving 65 miles an hour and there's a huge sign on the side of the road that says, stop, bridge out, five miles. And you're driving, you're driving 65 miles an hour. You see the sign, you saw it, you read it. You understood the sign, but you're still driving 65, now 75 miles an hour, and another mile down the road, a bigger sign says, stop, bridge out four miles. Yeah, I see that, okay. But then you continue to drive, and now you're at 85 miles an hour, and an even bigger sign pops out at you and says, stop, bridge out three miles. And then you finally get to the bridge and you're trying to wonder, why did nobody try to tell me? 
Well, as Christians, we've been trying to tell you that the bridge is out. And maybe the sign was too big, or maybe the words weren't the right color, and maybe we didn't say it right, but the bridge is out. And there's no way or no direction other than down. I come to you with a warning that the bridge is out. And if you're sitting in this church today and you don't, you're not saved, or if you're backslidden condition right now, you need to get saved because the bridge is out. And there's no way but down for you. And there's only one thing I, I want to do is to make sure that before you leave this building that you have an opportunity to be saved. Because the church is about soul winning. It's not about concerts. It's about soul winning. And you can't win souls without the gospel message. So I don't want anybody, anybody, I don't care who you are, I don't claim to know anybody in this church, but I do know that if you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Because the bridge is out, and you're headed for destruction. So Jesus brings us this warning, and he's trying to tell us that the bridge is out. Verse 38 says, see your house is left you desolate. In other words, the church was empty. There was nothing in the church that Jesus went back to the church for. As a matter of fact, when he spoke these words, he never went back to the temple again because they didn't want him there. Let me tell you something. When Jesus is not in a house, that house is desolate. And the moment the church don't want Jesus in the house, that house is empty. It is void. There's no power. There's no anointing. Nobody's going to get saved. Nobody's going to get healed. Because you got to have the Holy Spirit to have power in the house of God. And when Jesus is not accepted in a church, i.e., if you're teaching unsound doctrines, Jesus is not there. It's got to be more than filling the seats. It's got to be filling hearts. Jesus is giving us a sharp warning here. Verse 39, he says, For I say to you, you shall see me no more. Until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse, go down to chapter 24. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came uh, up to him to show him the buildings of the temple. So, in other words, Jesus came out of the temple because he was not wanted there. Uh, they didn't want him in the temple. And the disciples came out with Jesus. And I came to tell you that if Jesus does it, you need to do it. If you're in a church and Jesus ain't there, why are you there? Oh, I like the building. Oh, I like, oh, we all over the nation. But are you all over the nation? What are you doing? Are you just showing up? You know, you ask some people, are you saved? They tell you the church they go to. That's not what I asked you. I don't care what church you go to. Are you saved? Do you know the, G the Lord Jesus? When was the last time you had a memorable moment with the Holy Spirit? Tell me about it. Oh, well, I did, I did, I Then you just, you just show up. You ain't really. <laughs> okay, y'all don't like that. Let me move on. All right, all right. I'm going to keep on teaching. Y'all still with me? You still, you still want some more of this word? <laughs> Are you sure? Praise God. All right, I'm going to keep on talking. Uh, one of these days I'm going to learn how to preach. Okay, the second verse says, and Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another 
that shall not be thrown down. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't put your faith in bricks. Don't put your faith in how good your church building looks. Jesus said, not one stone is going to be left on top of another. And 70, about 40 years later from here, which was about 70 A.D., that temple was destroyed. So a lot of times people put their faith in material things. And Jesus is saying, don't put your faith in material things. Put your faith in something that does not change. Put your faith in me, meaning Jesus. Not, not me, John Lawson, but him, Jesus. Put your faith in me. You, you really going to mess up. Verse 3 says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? They asked three questions. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? That's number two. And of the end of the age. That's number three. They, had, they asked three specific questions. How many questions they asked? Three specific questions. When will these things be? And what will be the sign and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And he goes on to say, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Don't be troubled, saints of God. Don't be troubled by what's going on around the world. Don't be troubled by what I just shared with you because the Lord Jesus is with you. And he said, I will never leave you nor protect you. And Jesus says, don't be troubled. It's going to happen. So what we're seeing, why are we troubled? It's going to happen. Jesus told us that it's going to happen. He said there will be wars and rumors of wars. He said, don't be troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Or in other words, when you read from the poetic King James Version, it says the beginning of birth pains. Glory to God, and, and unfortunately, saints of God, we are going to have to experience some pain. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't say it, Jesus wrote it. All I'm doing is confirming what was already prophesied about. Yes. And I'm speaking it unto you so that you don't get caught off guard. It is going to happen. The reason it's going to happen is because these are the beginnings of the birth pains. I don't know any woman that's had a baby and said that, oh, it just popped out. <laughs> I don't know. I went to the hospital and I laid in the bed and there it was. <laughs> I, I don't know any woman. I ain't, and a man can't handle a baby because we can't handle pain. God knows what he was doing. Because men just don't have a high threshold for pain. I know I don't. We the paper cut and we run into our wives. Oh, <laughs> you. Verse 9 says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Hello, somebody. Yeah. This just happened. Yeah. Nine people at Bible study, yeah. minding their own business, trying to love somebody who was unlovable. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is prophesying what's happening now. Are you ready for what's coming? He said, they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my sake. That's why I stand for the gospel. I don't care who hates me. And, and, and let me just go a step further. I do not care about being politically correct either. 
I'm a preacher. I'm not a politician. As a preacher, I stand for the truth. You might write a law, but a law don't make it truth. And regardless of what a law says, as a preacher, I stand by the truth. Therefore, you might have to lock me up. Didn't they lock up Paul? Didn't they lock up Peter and the disciples? Jesus is trying to tell us that's what's coming. But are you still going to be a preacher? Are you still going to be a Christian? Are you going to be in jail singing to God? Are you going to be in there saying, see, God, I didn't know this was going to happen. Why am I a Christian anyway? Well, you're supposed to be in there. There might be somebody in that jail. You need to get to Jesus. Listen, I'm trying to prepare you, not scare you. Are you ready for what's coming? What if they knock on your door and say, you know what, you're a Christian, I'm locking you up. What, what if, what if, what if, what if you have one of these little, these, 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 these little foolish people, that's what I call them, that think they want to be with ISIS. And they come with you and say, you're a Christian? You say, yes, I'm a Christian. They put a gun in your head and say, are you still a Christian? Well, um, well, see, I didn't understand that first question. When you say Christian, do you mean do I go to church? Do you mean do I did I was I baptized? You know, do I speak in tongues? Can you kind of like tell me? You know, I'm struggling with this. Help a brother out. Are you ready for what's coming? This is serious business, guys. Jesus, he had it here the whole time. So we're just reading it out loud so we'll be ready. And then many, many, somebody said many, and many will be offended. I have never seen so many offended Christians in my life. They get offended by everything. Yo, the color of your shirt just ain't right, pastor. Why you got a beard? Why your, why your head bald? Really? Does that really matter? Why you preaching in, 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 in pants like that? Why you don't have a suit on? Because I ain't want to wear no suit. Listen, what did Paul wear? Did Paul have on a three-piece suit? What about some alligator shoes? Did he have on all them rings on every finger? Did Paul have that? What did Paul do? He preached the gospel. We're here to preach the gospel. I'm not here dressing for Aaron, one of y'all. And my wife ain't here to dress for you either. You don't like what she's wearing? Then deal with it. She ain't your wife, no way. She's my wife. <laughs> Deal with it. Amen. And if I don't talk about your wife, don't talk about mine. <laughs> I'm just telling you like it is. I ain't scared of none of y'all. <laughs> See, you just came in the right church. I ain't scared of none of y'all. I ain't lying. I ain't scared of none of y'all. I got Jesus on my side. <laughs> Amen. But don't you want a pastor like that? He ain't looking at your wife. Okay. Amen. You got a lot of them in the pulpit today that, you, you know, you, you praying. You better have one eye open. <laughs> Your wife go up to the altar. You better be right there by the time. What you doing, bruh? Wait, hold on, hold on, bruh. <laughs> I hope y'all come back. <laughs> I have to apologize because when I get rest, this is what happens. See, I've been off. I've been off and, you know, got some rest. So uh, I'm sorry. 
So he said, he said, and many will betray one another and will hate one another. Man, this is, this is amazing. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will abound. The love of many shall wax cold. So let me stop right there. I just wanted to share that because there are several key things that I want to bring out that I need to talk about because Jesus so poignantly reveals the anxiousness of his disciples when they ask those three questions. So the first thing is we gotta, if, if you're going to be prepared for what's coming, this is the first thing. Write this down. There will be deception. There will be deception. Write this down. You can put it out on Facebook if you want to. It doesn't matter. Seducers are more dangerous to the church than, than persecutors. Seducers are more dangerous to the church than persecutors. See, a persecutor, you can understand a persecutor because they persecute you in your face. A seducer do it in a deceptive way. See, there are a lot of seducers that are in the pulpit today. They seduce you to think that they're the man, but they're not. See, I'm not the man, never been the man. Jesus is the man, for the Bible says there is one man between the, the, the Father and the people. That's the man, Christ Jesus. So he's the man. I'm not the man. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to the man like you're trying to get to the man. Now, I do know a man that can save every man. But I'm not that man. Hello, somebody. And so since he's the man, all I'm trying to do is to get to where you're getting to. Amen? But I'm trying to bring you the word so you can get there too. Hello, somebody. And so you got to be careful. Don't be deceived. The greatest deception is self-deception. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself to think that you all that. You're not all that. I don't care how many Bible, Bible scriptures you've read. I don't care how much you prophesy. I don't care how many people you've led to the Lord and, and they got saved. Don't be pumping your little self up. You ain't all that. If you did it, praise God. You did it for his glory, not yours. If God promotes you, it's his promotion. It's not yours. He's promoting you to put you on a different level so that you can get to new people and conquer new things for his name, not your name. It's not for you to get the little promotion. Then you got your new business cards and, and you're going around handing out, I'm a new apostle now. Praise the Lord. I need to come to your church. Right, Richard? <laughs> That's what happened to me and Richard. We was walking in uptown, going to lunch. Brother walked up. I'm an apostle, and, and here's my card. And he was, had, the, the card didn't even have, it had apostle on it, but it was a, a carpet cleaning business. But, yeah, it was a carpet cleaning business, and it had apostle. Had to, man, that's foolishness. I got offended. I'm like, what, what are you doing? You come cleaning my carpet? Come on, saints of God. That, that. Don't get top-heavy on titles. If God promotes you, just be happy that he promoted you. Continue to do what you did to get the promotion in the first place. And by the way, if you're working in corporate America right now, let me just help somebody out, please. If you want the job that you think is yours, then you need to start doing the job before you get there. If you're not doing the job that you want, then don't worry about it. It ain't going to happen. And don't be praying to God, God, I want you to bless me to be a manager. Well, if you're not doing management job materials... You're not trying to educate yourself for that position. Why would God give it to you? Because if he gave it to you, you're going to mess it up. So don't be coming up here and telling me, Pastor, I need you to pray. Well, wait a minute. What are you doing, what are you doing now? I'm going to pray, but listen, we got, I got some questions. And I said, don't take Pastor nothing. He ain't going to pray. <laughs> I will pray. Write this down. Every good word is not a God word. And everything that glitters ain't gold either. 
Single ladies, let me tell you something. Just because he got a pretty smile and, and say he goes to church, you better beware. He might go to church, but is the church in him? The daddy came out then. Did y'all see that? <laughs> let me put the daddy back. Praise God. Just beware, ladies. Number two, there will be worldwide chaos. That's what Jesus warned us about is worldwide chaos. What's happening in the Middle East right now is chaos. People over there are running scared. They left their homes. They left everything, guys. They're running with nothing but what they could carry. And they don't even know where to go. Imagine that. Imagine here in America, there's a barrage of people coming to attack Indian Trail. And the only solution is to get out or fight. I might get a couple of rounds off, though, before I leave. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I had to deal in reality. I'm getting a couple of rounds. I've heard about y'all. I got about 300 rounds in my say. I'm getting some of those rounds. I'm just <laughs> Y'all go on. Y'all go on. I'm coming, y'all. Hold on. Okay, y'all praying for me? Chaos. Chaos. Greece on the verge of collapse. What about Boko Haram? We don't hear about those guys anymore, but those guys are killing Christians in Africa. They're kid they kidnap all those girls. All of those girls. What about 30-something girls? Went to their school, took, just took them. Gone. Okay, y'all ain't getting the reaction that I thought. Okay, so so okay, now your child is in school. Let me make this real for you. Your child is in school. You drop them off that morning. You gave them a kiss. Hi, honey. I mm, love you. Have a great day at school. You get a phone call. We don't know where your child is. Some terrorists just came into this school and they took every child. Now, what is going to be your reaction? I guarantee you at that very moment, whatever you're doing, you're going to drop it. It does not matter how important it is that you're working on, you're going to get to that school, aren't you? Imagine those mothers and fathers in Africa who still today don't know what happened to their baby girls. Worldwide chaos is in our face now. Cyber attacks from Korea and China. They just took millions of data from the government. They know the federal agents. They know social security numbers. What are they going to do with it? We don't know yet, but there's going to be colossal ramifications. They will use it. Vladimir Putin is running amok right now and not even being challenged. While we're fussing with Iran, trying to get something that we don't need in the first place, Vladimir Putin is lining up to side with Iran. And by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but a few years ago, Vladimir Putin actually uh, had a meeting with those in Cuba. And now our borders are open to Cuba. Telling you, saying something's going to happen to America. It's inevitable. But we're going to be ready, aren't we? Because yeah. I'm preaching. You, you're going to be ready for what's coming, aren't you? That's it. Amen. So when you see it on the news, you're going to say, yeah, I, yeah, I knew that was coming. That, that's, that, I, and then as soon as you see it, you, what? you do what? You get down on your knees and say, Lord, we saw it coming, but right now I plead the blood of Jesus that is stopped right now in Jesus' name. See, that's, that's your prayer posture. As soon as you see it, don't talk about it. Start praying. Before the political pundits get on television and you start believing what they're saying, get on your knees. 
Because what they're saying don't matter. What this says is what matters. Are you ready for what's coming? Worldwide chaos. It said there would be nations to rise up against nations. That's an interesting word. It's, it's actually the Greek word ethnos. Where we get the English word ethnicity. So there would be ethnicity against ethnicity. Never before have we had such a racial divide. Black folks against white folks, white folks against black folks, unless it's work in their favor. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come, okay, let me just spell it out. I hate when I have to do this. You jump sides when it's convenient. The root word for ethnos is the word ethno, which means customs. So in other words, the customs of one people group is going to come against the customs of another people group. Now, 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 what am I talking about here? Never before have Christian businesses have been persecuted like never before. They have to close their doors because they're taking a moral stand. They're being sued because of their customs. Ethnos against ethnos. Jesus told us it was coming. And are you ready for what's coming? It's already in our faces. Now, what you may not know, I read the whole thing from the Supreme Court. They left it open. Even though we have the right to religion and free speech, they left it open so that they can come back to try to legislate what pastors preach. See, you didn't probably see that article, but I saw I read it, and I saw where they left it very ambiguous so that they can insert something else later. They're coming for pastors. They want to shut us down. Why? Because we're no longer a Christian nation. And if you don't believe me, you just live long enough, you'll see it. And if you haven't been seeing it, have you been seeing it? Okay, okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you facts here. I'm not trying to preach. I'm just giving you some good stuff. The third one is there will be hatred of Christians. We already talked about that, right? Come on, come on. It was because those nine people were Christians that they were killed. You know, a lot of people said it because they were black. No, because they were Christians. That's why. He just targeted them because they were black and he was a racist. But it's be the, the spiritual context of it is they were Christians. And the reason it's easy to attack Christians is we don't fight back. That's why it's easy to attack us. Because Jesus teaches that we turn the other cheek. But I'm working out my salvation, y'all. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm working this thing out right now. I'm just telling you, if, if, if I'm, I'm, can I be, just be honest with you? Don't you, you want somebody with some honesty, right? Let me just be honest with you. If somebody comes through that door, I, 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 I'm going to just let you know, I, I, won't, I won't be quoting scripture at him. I promise you, I won't. That, that's not going to be on my mind. You guys need to be praying for me. Because my, my first thought is protection. It is just a, it's a reflex. It's just a mechanism in me to protect the innocent. We, we just got it in us. Every military man, just, it's just instinctive. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Jew, Gentile. You, if something happens, you just instinctively just want to help. You want to protect. 
So scriptures are not going to come to my mind. What's going to come to my mind is keeping you safe, even if I have to die to do it. That's what we do in the military. But when you hold the hands of the military and don't allow them to do what they're trained to do, the military gets weak. Do you realize we just cut our military by 26%? At the time when we need to be increasing our military, we cut our military? Are you ready for what's coming? I'm just giving you facts, saints. That's all. Not rhetoric. Just facts. Okay? So, so you know, we see this right here. We see Christians will be hated. You, 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 can't, even, you can't even stand up and say, Jesus! Without somebody pointing a finger at you. Look at you, one of them Christians. Yeah, I am. You ain't know? I thought I told you. Well, if you didn't know, I am. I'm one of them. Yeah. What of it? We need you to join our diversity group. No, you don't want me in your group. Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Each month. Each month. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed, 214. Each month, 772 different forms of violence are done to Christians. But what do you hear on the news? A young transvestite got jumped on. But 772 Christians got jumped on. Don't make the news. Are you ready for what's coming? Those reporters can't tell me nothing. I went good and ghetto on you then. I'm sorry. They can't tell me nothing. I can go and find out the facts for myself. I don't need a reporter to tell me anything. Amen? And I would suggest that you do the same thing, and you need to be listening to your prophets. There will be false leaders. I don't even need to go into, go into that. <laughs> Y'all already know. You know, we've already dealt with Jim Jones and David Koresh and False prophets, those, there's a bunch of those too. You have to be careful, right? Amen? You see some of them on TV. I ain't going into that. <laughs> Y'all already know who they are. Your spirit will put a, it'll put a check in your spirit. You know, that ain't, ain't nothing right about that, right? There was something that was out on the internet. I'm not going to say what it was, but there was something that went out on the internet not too long ago about a jet. <laughs> but I ain't never had so many folks in an uproar about a jet. Praise God. Number five, there will be much wickedness, much wickedness. Do we see that today? When wickedness increases, love decreases. Jesus says, because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The more wicked society becomes, the less love society gives. Approximately 170,000 Christians and Shiites have been killed by ISIS. 170,000. You don't hear about that in the news. Where's the outcry from Washington about the Christians being killed? I guarantee you if they were Muslims. Oh, boy. But it's Christians. You see, are we a Christian nation? I'm just giving you some facts. That's all. That's all. I'm just telling you what's already here, saints of God. Homicide is the leading cause of death for young black men. And 90% of the perpetrators are black. I believe black lives do matter. 
but I do believe we need to have some balance. These lives matter just as much as a life that a white cop kills. See, it's my job to keep you balanced. If black lives matter, all black lives matter, even when black men kill black men. Hello, somebody. Now, I'm not in here to make friends with none of you. I'm just, let, let, me just, let me just clear something up. I, I, I wasn't called to be a pastor to make friends, and I'm not running for office, so I don't need your vote. I'm here to give you some facts that I, I'm from a, a very poverty-stricken area in my community. I know what it's like there, but I also know I, it was nothing but the grace of God that got me out alive. I wasn't afraid of a white man killing me. I was afraid of my brothers. Now, I'm just giving you where I'm from. A lot of y'all ain't from the ghetto, so you don't understand. And I believe we got too many folks who got money, never been in the ghetto, making decisions and talking about what's going on in the ghetto when they ain't never been there. Amen. These are the facts. Can I give you another fact? Now I'm going to mess somebody up on this one, but that's okay. My bills are paid. I'm going to the house. <laughs> on average, 1,876 black babies are aborted every day in the United States. 1,876 black commissioners, black lawyers, black teachers, black pastors, black evangelists, black missionaries. Since 1973, 16 million black lives that matter. And you're going to tell me that the blood is not crying up from the ground? And that America is not going to be judged for all of those beautiful babies? We will be, saints. Are you ready for what's coming? And lastly, this is the last one. I love this part right here because the last part, Jesus says that there's going to be much preaching. This is the good part. Now that I've given you all the facts, now let me give you the good stuff. Like, this is the dessert. Jesus said there will be much preaching, much like today. Much like today. Because I believe that, that sermons, we need to throw sermons out of the window. We need to start preaching not what's exciting, but what's important. And see, I don't care about being excited. I'm not trying to excite anybody here. I'm not here to tantalize your emotions. I'm here to give you some stuff that's important that can help save your life, that can help save your family. But Jesus said there's going to be much preaching. I love that part because he's talking about you. Somebody say he's talking about me. See, you're the ones that's supposed to be out there preaching. You're the ones that's supposed to be out there taking a stand against immorality. I got a good mm-hmm over here. No, pa no, Pastor, I like my friends. I like my friends, too, but my friends know who I am. They will continue to be your friends if you just start telling them the truth. They'll, they'll continue to be your friends, the liar, the fornicator, the adulterer, all of them. They'll continue to be your friends, and even if you tell them. You know you, you know you're wrong for messing with that man's wife, but every time you got something, yeah, I do. I'm trying to say you're crazy behind. And they'll still be your friend. Why? Because they know you're going to always tell them the truth. We all got people in our families that are gay. Everybody in here. So it's like this, this is not a new phenomenon. 
Everybody here got gay family members, gay friends, gay coworkers. So they need love just like anybody else. And if we just mess around and start loving them and stop persecuting them, maybe we can win some of them. It ain't like that gay gene is going to jump off on you. It's like they got a disease or something. Oh, oh, you gay. Ugh. Then you start acting feminine. <laughs> Saints of God, the church has got to get better. We have got to get better. We've got to love harder. And we got to believe more and pray until it hurts. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.